Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson and I'd like to welcome you to the first show post-international break, the last international lull of the season. From here on out, it's just Premier League football until the end of the season. And we have quite a run-in. We have some some really tough games uh, ahead of us. especially when you consider the game that we just played against Bournemouth and how that, how that ended uh, with the draw, we got a point and in the end, lucky to get a point after the penalty decision uh, that went against us. Uh, Harry Arter decided to, uh, you know, kick it into the stands or attempt to hit, attempt to hit somebody in this crowd. I don't know what he was trying to do, uh, but he, he hit it hard. He just hit it. He hit it high. So uh, we escaped. And, and my guest and I will uh, will talk about that. My guest this week is Chris Rand. Uh, he runs a website called George Ware's Cousin. You can find him on Twitter at CRStig. And the link to that is in the show notes. And uh, when Chris and I talked, we talked Sunday morning. For me, Sunday night for him uh, as he is in Dubai. And that is far, far away from, from me. Uh, this week was a bit of a frustrating one for for Southampton. A bit of a frustrating one for me as well. During our interview, Chris and I I experienced some uh, equipment malfunction, and I'm continuing to uh, be frustrated by that. This morning, been up for about an hour and a half trying to mess with this stuff, and I'm just getting this one going now. It's almost 5 a.m., uh, so not not the not the cleanest. Uh, episode we've ever put out so hopefully the volume issues uh there are no volume issues hopefully i was able to kind of mix it all together but if there are i apologize and uh, you know it is what it is on this week's episode there is one curse word um i went ahead and beeped it um not because i think everyone that listens to this will be offended by by the word but more because it was fun to do uh, it was fun to put the beep in and uh you know i try really hard not to not to drop a bunch of curse words on here even though as soon as the microphone's off that's pretty much all i say but you know, do we want to keep the uh, the explicit rating off of off of iTunes, in case you're trying to uh, you know download this while you're at work or something else? Other things that happened this week, if you wound up downloading all of the episodes over again, trying to download the latest episode, I apologize. Uh, that was not of my doing. But Podbean has apologized and uh, claims they fixed it. But we will we will see how that works out. Uh, I, I can say that I got really excited when I got up and, and, and saw the download numbers that morning. Uh, I was trying to figure out you know who who found the show, who wrote about the show, who did something about the show to alert a bunch of new people. And then the more I looked into it, started looking at the uh, uh, where the downloads are coming from and some of the IP addresses and realized that people were being forced to download all of them. Tried it myself, and uh, I was forced to download all the episodes again. So hopefully that issue is resolved as Podbean claims it is. Oh, and we had April Fool's, and I fell for a joke. Uh, we'll talk about that with Chris uh, coming up in just a minute. We ran a competition last week that gave you a chance to win a copy of the Bobby Stokes book. Uh, we're going to extend that for this week. We will announce the winner on next week's episode. So if you want a chance to win a copy of the Bobby Stokes book, be sure to check out the show notes, click on the link, and all you have to fill out is your name and your Twitter handle, and then click yes, you'd like to be entered in the competition for a chance to win the book. The book is at my house. I am not at my house, but once I'm there and we announce the winner, uh, we will get in contact with you and ship that book out to you. So. 
all that being said, uh, let's get to the interview with with Chris. Uh, once again, this is Chris Rand, who runs George Ware's cousin. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all the SFC fans. Chris Rand from all the way from uh, Dubai. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Great, thanks for having me. Uh, and for anybody who's not following Chris on Twitter, you can find him at crstig. That's at c r s t i g, uh, and you can also uh, find him on his website at georgewayscousin.com. And links to both of those are in the show notes. Chris, once again, thanks for coming. After talking to you for a little bit, I understand that you guys have kind of a quite a social gathering that goes down there and watches uh, a lot of the matches in in Dubai. And I believe you guys even have your own Twitter account for that. Uh, would you mind giving us uh, a, just a little bit of information about how that kind of came together and, and what that's like? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite new to it. I've, I've only been in Dubai two years myself, but um, there's quite a, a good group of guys out here now um, running under the name Dubai Saints. I think I think they got together maybe five or six years ago when uh, they were a couple of them were, were looking for people to watch the game with, and it, it's grown from there. Um, we go to watch all, all the games live at... Um, the Brasty Beach Bar. Uh, we have our own TV and table reserved for every single game, which annoys Man United fans and Arsenal fans sometimes when they want to use our TV and they get told no. Um, we affectionately call it the Francis Benali stand. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. We've got a really good social group, um, all from different backgrounds, all from different areas of the UK, some, some not from the UK. And because Dubai is like a, a big tourist spot, quite often we'll have... Um, Saints fans passing through that will come and join us. They'll find us on Twitter or Facebook, and they'll come and join us for the game as well, which is pretty cool. Um, we've had we've had Saints fans from all over the world who have been travelling coming there. We had, even had a guy, Mike. He came from Portland in the US. All right. Uh, to come and watch with us, so it's good. It's it's a really good social little group, and we you know we're we're more than just Saints fans who who meet up. We're we're friends and. And we meet up now for other things as well. And we all, we all traveled, a lot of us traveled to Milan together, traveled to Wembley together. And it's a r- really good group. And, uh, you know, every, everyone's friendly. And so I guess the message from this is if, you, if you're in Dubai and you're a Saints fan, don't don't hesitate to come and get us. And uh, always, you'll find us easily. We're, in, we're on the inside bar watching the game. And we're, we're really approachable. And even, and even if you don't want to approach us, um, Uncle Eric will find you. <laughs> Now, you said you've been there for about about two years, but those guys have been there before. And how did you initially make contact with them? Did you happen to know one of them before you moved down there, or or over there, I guess? Or how did that work out? No, just just through Twitter, just through, just through social media. I mean, I'm I'm quite active on on Twitter, and I've been for some time. So I think I think maybe a couple of the guys already followed me. So I just put on Twitter that I was moving to Dubai, and and straight away, um, a couple of the guys got in contact with me and. And that was it. I, I think I'd been here maybe a month. I got here in the just before the season started, and then, and then first game that first game we had that season, I went to Brasty, and there they were, and some of them in their Saint shirts, and the rest is history. I've been every time I can since. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and you also now you also run a, a website, uh, georgewearscousin.com. And how how long have you been doing that? Um, Georgewears with cousin.com I've been doing for six years um, I start started blogging uh, with shoot magazine initially um, I don't I don't even remember to be honest how I got into it but um, I, I know that I like talking about football I love talking about Saints it's, you know it's, it's my passion and 
arrogantly, I thought maybe people might want to listen to what I've got to say on a more public forum. So I started blogging with Shoot, and I just got sort of addicted to it. Um, I don't do it as much as I'd like to anymore, and my posts are quite sporadic just because of life. Life gets in the way sometimes, but I still enjoy it. And uh, the, hopefully, the website comes across as it's meant to. It's never supposed to be meant. It was never meant to be uh, taken too seriously. Um, I like to do things tongue in cheek. I've done a few uh, uh, posts that have, have been humour based, and, it, and and you know some people miss that and it gets you in trouble. But that's the, that's the way I like to do it anyway. I don't I don't I don't like to do match reports or preview so much because plenty of people are doing that and doing it better than I could. Right. So I, I like I like to do more opinion pieces really. Yeah. Um, one of the other guys that I was talking to from St. Mary's Musings a few weeks back said said similar stuff. Like there's people are out there doing match reports. You know, you kind of don't have to if you don't want to do that stuff. You don't have to. And if you want to do it, you're going to have a lot of competition for that stuff. And, and it's a lot more fun, I think, to, to do different types of things. So, yeah, I, I understand that 100 percent. And now I'm going to sound like maybe a little bit of an idiot, but can you explain to me just the idea behind the name? Because I, yeah. I, I'm missing something, I think. Yeah, this is a this is a bit of a Southampton folklore for you, and uh, I de- definitely recommend googling this uh, after. Um, back in uh, about '98, I think it was. I, I, I might be wrong on that. About when when Graham Sunas was Saints manager. Oh, we were in the oh, Premier, oh. We we're in the Premier League. I think I, I think yeah, I know. Yeah, it's clicked. Oh yes, yes. Is this the guy who you basically got on, got like a free trial for because he was somebody's cousin and he was absolute. And he got on and played like 15 minutes and then got pulled off and that was it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, he, t- he told he, t- he told Graham Sunas he was George Weir's cousin. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was I had looked at the name and I go that has to be something that I I have to know. like I I should know that and I didn't want to Google it until I talked to you. But as soon as you started talking, yeah, I got it. Okay. It's both. It, it's for me. It's both the most cringeworthy and the most amazing thing associated with our club and, and I love it and I've been obsessed with it ever since it happened so it, I, it, it just fitted perfectly when I, when I created the website to call it that and and people know you know this, like, even non-Saints fans have messaged me and go oh, your, the name of your website's fantastic you know like, that's, a, that's a famous thing I mean it was really embarrassing at the time for us as a club but now looking back on it I, I just think it's hilarious yeah and, and, and the, the part of the part of folklore about it that makes it so fantastic is if you're going to have somebody as ridiculous as Ali Dyer actually play for your team, then isn't it just perfect that he replaced Matthew Letizier? <laughs> it's like it couldn't have worked out better. The, the, the best player in our history by a million miles is the one that got take, got substituted for him. I mean, it's just fantastic. <laughs> it, you, I, I've watched the video of it of him playing a, a million times, and he do, he does almost score, which people seem to forget. <laughs> but yeah, what what a joke! Does, I mean, was he at least like you know like typical Sunday League quality, or just just no idea? I think I think Sunday League was about it. Yeah, I think it, the the, the few, they looked into him. Someone did a lot of research into him, and I think after Saints, he went to Gateshead, who were not who were non-league team. And he and he didn't last there either. Okay. So so that's the standard. He wasn't he wasn't good enough for English non-league. Okay. But he did he did make an appearance in the Premier League, and no one can take that away from him. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's a dream that you know you and I are probably never going to realize. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, I mean, in fairness, if if I got that opportunity, I'd probably have been even worse. But oh, you know, me too. But but hey, I got to give him some props for trying. I guess you know. Absolutely, absolutely. You can. That's not that's that's not conning your way into playing for the local pub team that's that's playing in the premier league and it's it's fantastic really yeah absolutely okay well i'm glad 
I'm glad I, I'm glad I got that sorted out. And I'm glad I didn't have to wait for you to explain the whole thing to me because I do. I, I yeah. just just the name didn't click. I don't know. A, a website that makes uh, uh, football T-shirts called Cult Zeros. They sent me a T-shirt a few years ago, which is, which I love. It's got uh, a picture of um, George Weir's face on it, and then it then the text: uh, "He ain't heavy. He's my cousin." Wow, which I love. That's awesome. It doesn't fit me anymore. Um, so you are still you are still posting things because I, I have been on your on your website recently. But like you said, it's it's a it's a bit more sporadic. But people can still go there and find you know new content and and not the typical match reports. They can they can kind of see uh, you know some opinion pieces and some other things. So yeah, there's some there's some things that I do regularly on a, on a yearly basis. I do the um, Ali Dyer Award for services to Southampton once a year in February, and I also do the end of season awards, which is more of a sort of jokey. Uh, end of season awards for for best goal, best player, and then funniest moment for each season. So there's things I do regularly, but but not so much general posts anymore. Okay, I'd like to do I'd like to do more, but I just don't seem to find the time anymore. No, it's it's like 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 we were talking earlier. It's 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 rough. It's hard. Um, so you'll have those end of the year awards then coming up fairly. I mean, just a few weeks, right? Yeah, I, I put out a voting form, so it's all voted for by 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 fans. It's not I don't pick the awards. It's all completely voted for, and there's some serious awards for Player of the Season, that sort of thing. But there's also some jokey ones. It's usually pretty popular. Well, I will, uh, I will look forward to uh, participating in that for the the first time. Great. Now, so you, you were there at the bar yesterday, correct? I was, yeah. I mean, I went a bit early. I, I, I made a tactical error and decided I'd go and watch the the, the Merseyside derby first. Okay. Then watch. Then I watched the Chelsea Palace game. So by the time Saints started, I was. Uh, I probably had a few too many beers than I should have, but yeah. Well, I. <laughs> but yeah, it's better than what I what I saw. I I mean, I love my children, but I I watched two you know, U twelve and U six soccer games or U eight soccer games <laughs> instead of watching Southampton. Uh, uh, all those all those hard hours on the sideline might be might pay off when they're uh, Southampton players. Oh, we'll see, <laughs> see. <laughs> um, but yeah, so going into the match. Sometimes the international break can, if you have, if you're in form, sometimes you can it can cause you to kind of lose it a little bit, uh, and sometimes, uh, it, you know, it takes a game or two to kind of get back in the swing of things. Which at this point in the season, playing a team that's you know right w- level with us on points in the table, can't really afford that. So, uh, Bournemouth comes to, Sa- to St. Mary's where we hadn't played in, in more than 50 days, um, and and what did you make uh, of the, the of the lineup? Because we knew Gabbiadini wasn't going to be fit, but uh, what did you make of the formation in the lineup and, and, and those sorts of things? I mean, I, I think the formation made sense. Uh, it's the formation we've sort of reverted to recently and we've done well with it. But as you pointed out, uh, that's been with Gabbiadini up front. I mean, I was surprised it wasn't Shane Long up front. Um, I don't know if he went with Rodriguez because he'd done he'd done so well when we played at Bournemouth. But um, for me, I would have played probably Long up front. Other than that, I didn't really have any arguments with the team. Um, I was a little bit surprised we maybe didn't see Caceres get a game. Um, I mean, it feels a bit weird that he's not even even come off the bench yet. I mean, we've got to try him at some point. Uh, I don't know when we're we're planning to do that. So so oh, that was a surprise. But other than that, it was pretty pretty as I expected. I I, I am with you there on the Caceres decision because at some point you think if we if we took the chance on him to to bring him in the team and bring him up to fitness that if he's on the bench he he might get in at some point but then I, again i thought stevens had played 
fairly well. Um, even over the international break, he, he did. He seemed to do okay. It's worth noting that Stevens and Yoshida both were fine yesterday. They didn't really do anything wrong. So Right, right. It wasn't, it wasn't a poor decision. Right. Yeah, like he said, I was a little surprised that, that Rodriguez got the start over long, but I thought Rodriguez, at least in the first half, seemed to give the center backs uh, for Bournemouth plenty of trouble, uh, but just couldn't couldn't find the goal, you know? Yeah, he was offside a lot. I mean, he, he, he's not the player he was. I'm, I'm, it's horrible to say. I don't, I don't like saying it because before he had it, already his long injury, he was such a fantastic player for us. You know, and a real danger up front, and he just doesn't look like the same player. There's something, there's something lacking with him, if you like. I, I, I think we're probably seeing his last season as a Saints player, to be honest. You think, you think he moves on after this? I think so. Yeah, I, I think if someone comes in with reasonable money for him this summer, there was, there was apparently interest in him in January. I, I, I just don't see him. He's going to be behind Gabbiadini. He's going to be behind Austin. So he's not going to, he's not going to be a first choice striker. So, you know, maybe it's best for him and for the club if, if, if he was to move on soon, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then what about what about Long then in that same scenario? Do you think he'd be comfortable kind of playing behind both of those guys? Yeah, possibly. It's a, it's a strange one with Shane Long because he, he definitely brings something to the table. He's not, he's not a wasted player, if you like, but he's never going to be prolific goal-wise. He's not, he's not going to score as many goals as Gabbiadini or Austin will. That, that, that's just fact. He's ne- you only have to look at the stats in his, throughout his career. He never, he's not a 20-goal-a-season striker. But, but he does bring something to the team. You know? when, when, like like a, a, at Liverpool, you can introduce him and, and, it, and he makes a difference. So I, I don't know with Long. I guess that's more with whether he's happy to be a bit part player, if you like. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how that works out, especially because, like you said, he does bring something different to the table than both Gabby Adini and, and Austin. Yeah, you, 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 a lot of defenders over the years have said that they hate playing against him because he's so busy. So he, he, they have to be fully concentrated because he's so, you know, he's like, like a Jack Russell, if you like. It's a bit of a cliche, but, you know, he's always on them. He's always on their case, defenders. They don't, so they don't like playing against him. So he's, he brings something to the, to the squad. Yeah, yeah. There was a, there were a couple uh, other other podcasts I listened to and, and guys from... Uh, Arsenal said they they hate playing having him play against them. They they point back to the I think it was the four nil, uh, maybe season and a half ago. I think it was Boxing Day, where and they they always claim that that, that Long fouled Koscielny on on one of the goals he scored, and they just point to that and say like you know we hate him, but I kind of like him, <laughs> you know. And yeah, then, that, I mean he he destroyed them in that game. That funny enough, that was the one home game I went to last season. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, he absolutely he absolutely tore them to pieces, and that's that's the damage he can do when he's when he's on fire and he uses that pace and that energy. He he can really do damage to teams, but he, he's just not he's not a consistent goal scorer, if you like. He's not you know he's not guaranteed to score goals. Right, right, and that at this point that's what we need because that's that is he's, yesterday showed yeah. that's what we're lacking. He, he's one of those players which is definitely industry over technique, if you like. Yes, yes. So, so like you said, I was glad to see us stick with the the four two three one, and not surprised because I think the team has looked like we've been playing better football. But even if the results necessarily haven't been there, and I know a lot of people have been upset by that and say, "Well, then it's not it's not good football." And I kind of understand their their point too. But you know, I was glad to see us stick with it. But we definitely missed having Gabbiadini up there, and hopefully, uh, he'll be he'll be ready to go on uh, Wednesday. 
Yeah, it's, his agents apparently have said that he is he's available to play from Wednesday, but I think Pule shied away from that and said maybe not Wednesday, maybe the game after. So we'll have to wait and see, but it, it certainly it makes a massive difference. I mean, it, it, I can't remember the last time a player had such an impact for Saints, such a fast, but I mean, he, he's been an unreal one. And yeah, it's such sod's law. I mean, we've had such terrible luck with Van Dyke getting injured and now Gabbiadini as well and Austin too. It's, we've had a real sort of worrying season in terms of injuries. So hopefully he isn't out too long and we get a bit of luck back. Yeah, yeah. Kind of looking at the first half, watching yesterday, it looked like we really started pretty well. Like the game, we had we had chances and it looked like Bournemouth were really kind of on the back foot, but it was kind of, you know, same old story where we have 20 or, or 25 minutes of, of, of pressure, um, but no goal. And then at that point, at least for me, I start to go like, Oh, like maybe we're going to be in some trouble here, you know? Uh, but what did you notice about, about the first half, uh, especially about how we started and, and things like that? Well, I mean, the first half we, we were much the better team. I, I mean, we we were in control of the game in the first half. Gabby Adini or Austin up front, and we we could easily go in half time, one, two, even three nil up. And then the second half, Bournemouth like pulled out. But in the first half, I just think it, it was some frustrating moments. Uh, Rodriguez was offside. Um, Tadic didn't have his best game. I think Tadic was making some odd decisions in and around the box. So, but again, it it, it, it was literally reverting back to pre Gabby Adini where. Like you say, we were we were we were the better team. We were making chances, but we, we just weren't putting them away. And you know, we, we could have got punished for that, and luckily we didn't. Yeah, there were a few chances that uh, Bournemouth created. They had the one where uh, Davis cleared the ball off the line, but it kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. It kind of, you know, up until that point, I didn't really see any chance of Bournemouth kind of beating us. It was just like if we could get the goal that were that would give us all three points instead of giving getting one. Uh, but then the second half, uh, from everything I've read and, and the highlights and stuff, it looked like it was the role was almost reversed. Yeah, I mean, it was like that. Um, I, I think it's one of those games where if we'd taken a couple of those chances first half, that would, it would have been game over. But because we didn't, the longer the longer that a game like that stays level at nil nil, the more impetus they got, the more you know they they they, they had the same thought that one goal and they can they can win it, and that, and you know they should have really. Yeah, I mean, they had the clearest opportunity of the entire match uh, with Harry Arder, and then he decided to, uh, I don't even know where that thing came down. I've seen jokes of people, you know, picking the ball up out of their backyard or getting hit it with it on on a walk or something, but, you know, that ball was way up there. Absolutely incredible. I think uh, someone tweeted... uh, that North Korea had just declared war on Harry Arter <laughs> after, after, after the ball entered their airspace. Oh, that's awesome. But, I, mean, I mean, it was incredible. You watch it in slow motion, and he sort of takes a little touch with his left foot before he kicks it, which actually make, means it was an illegal kick anyway. Right. So if it had gone, if it had gone in, I mean, it wouldn't have been because no referee would have spotted it. But if it had gone in, actually, it should, it would have been, it should have been disallowed. I was trying to figure what was worse, like that or the. Uh, do you remember the Simone Zaza penalty for Italy oh, in the Euros? Yeah. yeah, and Pellas wasn't much better either. Oh, that's true. That was in that same game. Yeah, pretty weak, um, I think. I mean, I think it's. I think the the it's worse when you try and do when you try and do a trick penalty. I don't know if you saw the the guy from Portsmouth the other week, the Portsmouth player who tried to do the the Penenka. I did penalty. see that, and they weren't they and they down? Went straight, yeah, yeah, and they went straight. Into the, I mean. 
you're always going to look more foolish if you do that. That's I mean, true. Harry Hart has kicked it over the bar fine. It, it's, it's terrible, but he's not trying to be clever or cheeky there. So I don't, I don't think, I think the Zaza one's pretty bad. Yeah, but I'd probably, I'd probably have to agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, Harry Hart has been a, 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 a unlucky, I guess, more than, more than made a fool because he's trying to be cocky. Right. It's the same penalty spot that Harry Kane missed from. And uh, there's some talk about the pitch in that area, perhaps being doctored or whatever. But it seems a bit odd because why would we do that? Because what if we got a penalty at that end? Yeah, I saw somebody say um, that that spot hasn't been the same since Inter messed with it. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. That's, that's their fault. Yeah, I, mean, I can't. I've never, I've never. I can't remember a season where we've had so many penalties against us missed. No, I mean usually what I don't know if it's like is it seven out of ten or eight out of ten they they go in right. And then it seems course, like yeah. it seems like we're getting uh, lucky quite a few times here. Yeah, so we needed it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that would have been that would have been. I th- Although, worth pointing out that, uh, in my opinion, that's that wasn't a penalty anyway. There's the the I don't know who the, who the guy was Fraser was it for Bournemouth, who who I mean he's made such a meal of that very little contact that in the old days and I'm sounding like one of those annoying <laughs> middle-aged men now, but in in the old days that's not a penalty n- never. It, when in the old days when you when you were allowed to tackle and you were allowed to have contact that would never have been a penalty these these days players they get any the slightest hint of a touch on them and they and they go down so i don't i don't think that was a penalty in my opinion but that's a that's a talking point that will always raise yeah, yeah. different opinions um i i agree though so it it don't don't worry you're you're uh I'm on the same wavelength as you on, as far as that goes. Um, was there any one player on our team that stood out to you as either being really, really good or really, really poor yesterday? Um, yes. Um, it's difficult to say anyone else other than Romeo for man of the match, if you like. I mean, he was everywhere. I mean, he's, he's having a fantastic season. I'll be, I'll be amazed if he doesn't win player of the season. Um, perhaps... Only Van Dyke could challenge him for that. I don't know, but Van Dyke's injury might have put paid to it. He, he was really good again yesterday, Romeo, and he has he has been all season, to be fair. Uh, and and I thought Davis alongside him was good as well. Um, poor, I was I was really disappointed in uh, James Ward Prowse yesterday. He, he's been so good of late, and he's been so improved, and he's he's had a lot of critics at Saints. So so recently, when he's been playing really well, I've been really pleased because it's sort of shutting those critics up. But yesterday, he was he was pretty bad I mean he, was, it, he, he didn't do anything it was like very strange uh, but then taking him off sort of ruined the shape and let, let Bournemouth get back into the game so I don't know it's a, it's a confusing one but I, I, I don't I didn't have a problem with him being taken off but I don't know if we necessarily make, brought the right players on if you like remind me who came on for him out, out wide right uh, was it Buffal okay yeah I, th- I think it must have been Buffal because I think Long came on at the same time for Rodriguez I think Okay. Okay, I might be wrong on that. Uh, I mentioned I didn't get to see the uh, the entire match simply because my my children required me to be at their games and you know. Yeah. Be, but uh, uh, there was a guy on, on, on Twitter who sent me um, a couple uh, videos of of the, you know warming up and um, and stuff like that. But once the game started, he was he was focused on on the match, so he was he was not keeping me updated. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, he his name on Twitter is uh, Delta at Delta Sphere forty one, and he sent me uh, two videos that I, I appreciate because I the experience being in in the stadium versus me kind of 
sitting at home and watching on my own is, is much, obviously a much different experience. And, and you know, cause you've done kind of, kind of both you've been, it's been social for you both, both times, but, or yeah. both ways, but it, it, it's a much different experience. It's, it's amazing what difference it makes. I mean, I obviously watched the game on TV yesterday and I have to say it was an absolutely terrible game, like really like poor quality from on both teams really. And, and just not an entertaining game yet. People on Twitter who were in the stadium, seem to think otherwise and think it was like an entertaining game and you think that's that's just the stadium experience that has brought that out because it definitely wasn't entertaining no it it seemed a bit i don't know there were periods where it was it was exciting i guess because they were we were attacking but that's that's it there that, that was yeah, all that it, there was it, you know it, it, it was it was standard really it wasn't it wasn't a standout game i think it was the point i was trying to make yeah like it's, it, it's not a game where you walk we didn't walk out of the bias then go, you know, nil nil. But what a fantastic game because because it, it just wasn't right. It was it was a it was a nil nil game. Looking at it overall, it's a nil nil. It doesn't really do anything for us in, in terms of the table because the teams below us kind of won and made up some ground. And granted, we have two games in hand over over a few of them. But should we be starting to worry about the relegation creeping up, or do you think we're still you think we're still okay? I, I don't think so. No, I mean we, uh, we've got we've got the games in hand. We're, we're on what thirty four points. I mean it's it's yes. been a long t- it's been a long time since anyone's needed forty points to stay up. So we're probably we're probably only a win away from from guaranteed safety. Okay. Um, and we've got what ten games left. Yeah. So it would be a, it would be a spectacular poor end to the season to not win another game i don't i don't think that i mean some of the teams in the bottom are, are, are pretty horrendous so it's, it's unlikely that any are going to escape any of those are the, the current bottom three will escape i don't think yeah no there there are some some crap teams down there for sure it's, i guess my the worry I would, the worry we've got is that if we if we do have a poor run now between now and the end of the season we could finish pretty low i mean not maybe not hit the relegation zone but finish you know, 15th or something like that would be pretty disappointing. Yeah. Um, our, our, our minimum aim should always be top 10. And we're, we're definitely a top 10 squad. But, you know, I was saying to someone yesterday, we haven't played, we haven't had, we haven't played our best team in any game this season. If you think about that, we've, we've not had Gabbiadini and Van Dyke at the same time. Right. We've, we've, not, we've not had a single game this season with our best team. Which seems crazy, but so I think this season's been very odd in terms of league form has been poor. But we've been to Wembley, you know, we've had fantastic experiences in in Milan. Um, but the league form has been has been a concern, and I think we, I'm I'm not a a, a knee jerk supporter. I think Puel deserves to be given support into another into the second season. He's learning the Premier League as well, and hopefully. Gabbiadini's injury was just is just a blip, and we can finish strong. The Gabbiadini injury, I was thinking, uh, I think I said last week or the week before that maybe it's at a good time because we had that international break, so he he might only really miss one match, you know, or two matches versus if he was if this happened, you know, now say it happens yesterday and he has to come off yesterday now, or he's going to miss, you know, three, four, five matches, and I think that could really could have been trouble for us, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Charlie Austin's still three weeks away. So if he only misses one match, then that's fantastic because, you know, we, we're, we're really going to struggle for goals. We've got Palace next. 
and I watched their game with Chelsea on um, Saturday. They beat they beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and they, although they were under the cosh, they defended really well. So it's not going to be easy to beat to, to, to score against them either with a with a with a uh, our somewhat toothless attack. Right, and I think uh, you know the guy we were trying to get from Liverpool uh, is there, and he's really making a difference in yeah, terms of I mean, yeah, their defense. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he, he, he looked pretty good for them. Um, we can plenty will now say that we should have taken the plunge and, and bought him, but you know that's that the the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, and and he's he's still available. So if we need if we need to bring him in in in, in uh, the summer, then we can then we still can. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, any other thoughts on on the Bournemouth match, or is it kind of just one of those matches that wasn't great and it's over now and we move on? Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was disappointing, I guess. In in terms, it was the whole thing was a little bit flat, if you like. Just it wasn't. Maybe it was post international break. I don't know. But players that players that usually you expect to consistently perform for us, the likes of Bertrand, Tadic, just just didn't look overly interested yesterday. I don't know if that, that may, may have been an international hangover. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, I do have one question about that. I, I've always kind of wondered: Can Tadic and Buffal play in this four-two-three-one? Can they both play on the, on the pitch at the same time? In certain situations, I would say yes. Uh, maybe in a home get home games against poor opposition, then you would you would like to think that you could unleash both of them, but in a game where maybe you've got to keep it a bit tighter or you're against a very good defensive side, it probably wouldn't, wouldn't be worth it. They, they're too, they're both luxury. Buffal certainly more so. Um, so probably not. I mean, Buffal still, still got some proving to do. Um, we've seen some real glimpses of talent there. Um, and I hope next season he'll push on once he's settled in England, but he's not, you know, the jury's still out on him a fair bit, I would say. Yeah. And I, for me, for me, a little bit. I I had some some real high hopes for him, but I kind of tend to to fight against the urge to just go like, this is the guy that's going to be the difference. This is you know this he's going to be it, and um, because I think that just it's too much pressure to put on, put on one person. And you know, there's 11 people on the pitch for a reason. Uh, there's some some fans have I've got on his back already, and uh, I remind them the same thing every time. This was exactly how Sadio Mane started with you know drifting in and out of games, fans getting on his back saying he's lazy or he's not interested or he hasn't got the right attitude. Right. Twelve months. Twelve months later, the guy's a world beater. So you, you've got to give you've got to give some of these players time. You know, they, they, they you've got to remember they're moving culture, not just coming to play football in a different league, which is a lot higher standard than, than the French league where Buffal's come from. But also they they've changed culture. They you know it's it's it, they it's adapt. Sometimes you'll get a Gabbiadini who, who can walk straight into it and get on with it. And sometimes you won't. Sometimes you'll get a player who maybe needs a year to, to, to settle into it. So it's too early to write him off. I mean, we, we've seen some fantastic uh, play from him. He just needs to find some confidence and some consistency. Yeah, and I think he, I, I definitely think he's going to be around to, to, to get that and to try that. And so we'll have, just kind of see if he, can, if he can come around a little bit. And I think he can make a real can make a real difference in our squad I, but I, I wonder still about him and Tadic being on the field at the same time and because I feel like they're kind of similar and and that that they're they both like to be creative they both like the ball at their feet they both like to I, I guess Tadic does maybe track back and work a, little, a bit harder I don't 
Uh, maybe I'm making yeah. a, a, an unfair judgment yeah. on Bafal, but I, I kind of think that Bafal is maybe a bit like, I want to say Mara's in a, in a way uh, from, from Lester and that he, he's going to be super creative and, and, and wow you, but it's not always going to put in the, uh, the work uh, on the defensive end that, that might be necessary. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think I think he's one of those players where if you're going to use him, you, you've got to accept that you've just got to let him be who he is. There's, you're not, there's no point telling him he's got a, he's got a track back and he's got to defend and he's because it's just not his game. Anything else you'd like to add to that match, or are we are we good? Um, I think I think we're good on that one. I'm trying to think. Of this. It was it was really not not a spectacle. So there's a, <laughs> there's a little lot, not a lot to say really. Yeah, I I, I agree and. And then, oh, I was I was going to tell you, I normally that the the time difference thing between uh, me and and me here in California and then uh, like London or, or Southampton is eight hours. Uh, there was that one little time because we switch time zone. We, we do time change a little bit earlier. So there's one kind of a few weeks where it's only seven hours. And that actually is worse, I think. Um, but then uh, Friday evening, um, about five o'clock, somebody posted. Uh, something on Twitter that said the Premier League was going to move to um, 9.30 a.m. Uh, UK time uh, kickoffs. And for me, I just read it. And it's Friday afternoon. I'm sitting at my daughter's dance class and I'm scrolling Twitter and I just go like, are you kidding me? And I immediately do the conversion and I post that <laughs> as the reply. And um, I wait. It, and as soon as I hit, like, no sooner than I hit, like, you know, send or whatever, post it somebody comments and i just went oh crap like it's already april 1st <laughs> and i've just I've, I've fallen for it and i just immediately just kind of owned up to it and just said like time change time time difference got me like sorry and and everybody's pretty understanding but i just felt like a real real idiot for for about <laughs> 10 minutes but i had to tell somebody so <laughs> you're hearing it well, i don't know I, I don't think i fell for any no not, not that i'm aware of i read plenty yeah, I, I normally don't even worry about it, and that, I think that's just, you know, had somebody posted that at at, at midnight here, I would there was no way, but it was just the, not not paying attention to my surroundings, and I guess. Um, so anyway, back to back to you know actual football. Um, going into this Crystal Palace match on on Wednesday, uh, Palace is currently sixteenth, thirty one points. Um, so if they win, if we, if we, if we drop, if we lose to them, they could be, they'd be level on points with us and we'd still be ahead on goal difference unless they somehow, you know, beat us six to nothing or something. But, um, are you at all worried about, about that match or what do you, how do you think we kind of line up for that? Do you think we're going to wind up going with a, a heavily rotated side or do you think we kind of put out another strong side? Well, I mean, I would go with a strong side if it was me, but given, uh, Claude rotation policy when we have games in quick succession I'd imagine we'll see some changes um, if, if, if Gabbiadini's fit then I'm pretty confident we can get a result if he's not then the worry is it'll be another another game like yesterday where we huff and puff but don't blow, don't blow the door down I am a little bit worried especially because I think they're going to have some confidence coming off that, that match against Chelsea and they you know I don't know they, they seem to be playing a little bit better recently but we'll we'll just kind of I guess we'll just kind of have to see. And of course, the the press conferences and things haven't happened yet, so we can't really know anything uh, for certain. And I, I did kind of want to ask you a little bit, like from here on out, uh, we're currently still sitting in tenth, 
what what is what would make a successful season uh from here on out for saints uh would it be just staying in the top 10 uh would it be maybe just picking off a few of the the upper echelon teams that we're going to come up against or what what would we have to do to kind of make this a, a success or is it too late for that um, well, no, I, th- I think it's. Uh, I think there's varying degrees of success. I think we got to a Wembley final, uh, something we don't do very often. Um, so I think already there's a there's a a good side to this season. Uh, if you look at the table, we're, we're ten points behind West Brom in eighth, but we've got two games in hand. If we could if we could haul that back and finish eighth, then that would be. A, a pretty good season, I think, when it comes down to it. If you if you look at that top six, it, it, you know we, we're never going to break into that this season. We we finished sixth last season, but it, even if Kuman had stayed and all the players had stayed, I don't think we'd have got into it again. I think I think it's very difficult. I mean, look at Everton are having a good season and they're probably going to finish seventh. Um, we're not going to catch Everton for sure. It's going to be difficult to catch West Brom. We can certainly overtake Stoke. So I mean, like, like I said earlier. Minimum I would expect is that we finish tenth now, okay. um, but I'd like to think that we I'd like to think that we could finish ninth. Um, in in dream world we would we would haul back West Brom, but I I don't think it'll happen. I I think we'll finish ninth or tenth. All right, realistic. Then, that's a realistic goal, I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We've got some tough games left as well, which which makes that ten points a, a little bit difficult, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the to put it to put it mildly, but uh, you know, Liverpool. I think we play them again, and and that should be uh, since we're not in the top six, we definitely got a shot. So yeah, should be true, all right. Yeah. Although they they made they made pretty quick work of Everton yesterday. We've got to play West Brom, um, so you know who knows win that one might might make it might an interesting end to the season. But I just like I think for me personally, I just like to see us. Keep keep some momentum now to the end of the season. Let's 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 not let's win some games. Let's let's go into the next season with on on the back of a positive ending, if you like, to the season. If we if we could finish ninth with a cup final, is that is that a, a terrible season for Southampton? Certainly not. No, I don't think so. For, in my in my view, for for us if for us to finish seventh would be us winning our league. If you like winning, winning the the outside the top six league would be finished seventh. We're obviously not going to do that, but if we finish tenth or above, then you know that's not too bad. Yeah, and especially if we if we keep, you know, if, if we build some momentum from here to the end of the season, having the players that we've brought in over the course of this year, having you know a little bit more time to kind of build and put things together with a new manager and, and, and all of the changes. I think that that would go, that would bode well for us next year um, to hopefully having a strong start and being able to make a run, you know, towards seventh or eighth or, or, or higher possibly. Um, but I think with all the changes this year, yeah, a ninth or an eighth place finish, I think we can be, you know, and a trip to Wembley can, we can be happy with that. But I don't, you know, I, I think um, sometimes when I was reading and listening to people talk about uh, going to Italy this year, uh, and, and, and the night out and the experience. I don't want that to be the, the experience because we don't get back there. You know, like yeah, I, I want us to, I want us to be, I don't want it to become commonplace where we just expect it, you know, like, like some of the teams at the top where it's just, you know, but I, I want it to be special, but I would like to see us get there 
you know, not necessarily every year because that's difficult, but to, to, to more often than not maybe be in the position to, to have a shot to be there, whether it's the play-in games or whatever, but to, to, to do that. Because I think that is where, like you said, I think that's where we're at. We're right on the cusp of being able to do that. And I would really, really enjoy us, you know. Yeah, I think, I think with regards to Europe, um, what, what I'm looking forward to seeing next season, we're obviously not going to get in Europe this season. That's, that, that's gone. So, but I think what people forget is that Claude Puel's first season in the Premier League, he had to deal with European group stage fixtures as well. So I'll, I'll be interested to see what our league form's like under Puel next season when he hasn't got two, two three games a week. Because that, he, had a, he had a real baptism of fire. And I think, I think he's had some overly harsh criticism based on that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you have you have anything you want to add? Anything else you'd like to talk about? So when when so when when are you going to make the trip? You know. You know, you're going to do a pilgrimage. You want the you want the full pub experience. Yes, very much so. Very much looking yeah, forward to that. It, it's a it's a different it, it certainly makes it a different day. I mean, uh, you, you if you ever make the trip and you make and you make the the effort to do it, then try and do it when there's a home and an away game, because because uh, away games are, are something different altogether. Okay. For me, I mean, I'd much rather go to an away game than a home game. Really? Home games are yeah yeah home home games are great. They're they're they're, they're fantastic, but away game is is a is the whole day out. Yeah yeah. You know, there's the, there's a whole day out, and because you're you're the visitor, you're the you're the enemy if you like. Although I'm not talking about idiots who want to fight, but right, right, you know right. you're the you're, you're the you're the enemy in, in in the other town. So when you're there with the the other Saints fans that you've never met before in your life, there's a tribal sense of community, if you like. Okay. Just it's just a fantastic, and you, you you tend that the more vocal fans are the ones that go away. So when you're in the away end and there's two thousand of you and there's thirty thousand home fans, the noise really becomes and it's a very it's a, it's a different experience home and away is but two very different experiences both good for different reasons right well that i mean that makes me i mean obviously i'm excited just thinking about the prospect of going anyway but that to me feels you know like that's that's one more thing to look forward to you know to to experience and uh like i said i've said it a bunch of times like that's why i'm i'm doing this this is this is all just new experience for me and i'm i'm loving every second of it so I was I was I was thinking maybe this with the summer they'd go to America uh, pre-season, but it sounds like it looked well. I mean, it's almost confirmed they're going to be doing China, which is not which is odd, but that's where the money is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And they were here. They were on the East Coast last year. That's uh, right. Yeah. The Under Armour facility, and we already had a uh, we were already on vacation, and we weren't oh, anywhere right. near them. Right. We were in a we were in a, a motorhome in the middle of the desert. <laughs> oh really? But uh. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me on. I, I always like to talk Saints. It's, uh, like I say, it's something I, I'm so passionate about that I'll always do anything people want me to do if I've got the time. Yeah, we're coming kind of up on the end of the season pretty quickly, but, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get you on, if, if not the end of the season, maybe definitely next season. And uh, like, like I said, I appreciate your time and drive home safely from, uh, from work and, and enjoy yourself. Thanks very much. All right, man. Talk to you later. Talk to you, man. Bye. 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 
And that was my interview with Chris Ran. Uh, you can find him online at George Ware's Cousin and on Twitter at CR Stig. So you can be sure to check those out. Those links are in the show notes, although I'm fairly certain that you are following him if you are listening to this show. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to the feed for the show on iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're looking to download it somewhere else, you'd like to subscribe to it on a new platform and you can't find it there, let me know and I will do my best to help you out. Um, it's almost 5.30. It is almost time for me to go to work. I am beyond frustrated this morning. Uh, hopefully, the Saints' performance tomorrow against Crystal Palace will be less frustrating. Hopefully, it will give, bring us some joy. Um, and we will see what kind of uh, rotation policy Claude Puel puts in place uh, since he hasn't had to rotate the side in some time because we haven't played games back-to-back in, in quite some time. So, all that being said, hopefully, uh, this gets better. We will be back next week with another episode of the show. If you do happen to listen on iTunes, please leave a, a rating and a review. Uh, that will help spread the show. You can still help spread the show by sharing it with somebody on Twitter uh, by using the hashtag tripod. Even though March is over, uh, you can still use it. It will help people uh, do that. And uh, don't forget to sign up for the competition to win a copy of the Bobby Stokes book. The link is in the show notes. All you have to do, click the link, put in your first name and your Twitter handle, Click yes, you want to be entered, and we will announce that winner uh, next week. So I'd like to thank Matt over at the We Are Southampton page on Instagram for putting together the logo for the show. If you are looking for pre-match edits, polls, competitions, or anything else, be sure to check out We Are Southampton on Instagram. Matt does a great job putting together some of, uh, of, those, of those competitions and things like that. Uh, so be sure to check it out. And uh, I think that's it for this week. I have to go to work. So until next time, remember that together we march on.